I just did a Google search for colorful collage and I came across a lady who was holding a workshop in Squim um, in the fall and um, I, I said, I gotta take this class. This is really cool. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to episode 148 of the Camino Voice. Today I speak with the featured uh, cover artist on the Camino Studio Art Guide for 2022 and a local Camino artist. Please welcome Tasha Smith. Hi, I'm Brandon Erickson, and you're listening to the Camino Voice podcast, where I interview local business owners, comedians, singers, and more. I dive into their backstory to find out how they got where they are, what are some of the tips for you to do the same, and find out where they are going. Tune in every week as I interview more of the people you see every day. Hey, Islanders, and welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice, where we release a new episode every Tuesday. And I uh, hope you guys had a nice week off. Um, I did not post last week uh, because I was on a camping trip. Uh, funny story, though, I'm recording this before it, so it's, so you guys do get this um, this coming week. Um, uh, but, uh, so I haven't actually gone on the camp trick, but I could pretend I did. That was wonderful. We had a great time and, uh, you know, good time to spend with the family, great conversation, good food, all that stuff. Okay. Back to present Brandon. Um, yeah. Hope you guys week is going well. Um, <clears throat> so I got to interview Tasha Smith, who, uh, as I said in the intro, it was the featured artist on the, uh, Camino studio art tour guide for 2022. Um, so, of course, we've got lots of artists that are on the Camino Studio Art Tour, uh, and it's, there's just a, so many great artists on the island in San Juan Camino area. Um, but uh, I thought that was, uh, she was, you know, she had applied to be on the tour one year. Um, I believe that was in 2019 or 2020. Uh, you'll hear that in the, in the podcast. But, um, and she didn't make it, and so kind of went back, honed her craft more, and then came back again. Um, but also became the featured artist on that. So I thought that was a really cool story. I thought that was neat that she was able to do that. Uh, and she has such a unique style of art. Um, I probably say that a lot when it comes to art because um, it's all unique, but she uses like a painted collage style. So it's different than most, uh, pretty much other any other thing that you're going to look at on that. And um, she does a lot of art that's inspired by the Pacific Northwest, which she grew up in. Uh, she loves hikes, and so a lot of her art reflects some of that natural beauty. Um, so I had a great time talking with her, was able to connect with her and get her on the podcast. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Tasha Smith. Hey, Elle Anderson, welcome to another episode of the Camino Voice. Today I'm here with a Camino artist, and she was also the featured artist on the Camino Studio Art Tour Guide for 2022. Welcome to the podcast, Tasha Smith. Hey, thank you so much for having me. I'm yeah. excited to be here today. Yeah, excited to have you. So before we get started, tell us a little bit about Tasha. Okay, well, I've been living on Camino Island since 2018. Okay. Uh, we moved here, as you're, you've said a few times to me, that... Um, Everyone moves here for a reason, and we moved here because I was previously homeschooling my three daughters, and we decided to uh, put them in public school, so we were looking for a good school district. Okay. And um, originally considering Stanwood, but Camino kept calling us, <laughs> and little did I know that Camino was also 
a thriving art community. So that all worked out well for me. Nice. Very cool. So where did you grow up? I grew up in um, Salem, Oregon. Okay. What was, that, what was that like growing up there for you? Um, I'd say pretty standard um, Pacific Northwest life. Um, pretty much just stayed in Salem all the way through high school. Okay. And uh, graduated and uh, went to school at University of Idaho. Okay. For architecture. Okay. And the University of Idaho had a little bit more of an artistic architecture program. So I, I actually ended up switching my major over to fine art in the okay. process of that. And um, I didn't end up staying in the, the art school just because I thought... I'm going to graduate at 20, 22, and have a fine art degree and be broke. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. I switched my major to business. Okay. So I actually have a, a bachelor's of science in business from Oregon State. Okay. And I ended up with a minor in fine art. Okay. Very cool. So growing up then, were you... Um, uh, like in throughout high school and stuff, was art something that you were like really took to like during classes and stuff like that? I went to um, elementary school at a private school, okay. and I think the arts were very much supported there. Um, we had parents and volunteers who would come in and teach everything from calligraphy to uh, producing a, a small play. Okay. Uh, so I definitely had a good amount of, you know, exposure to creative um, classes, and I enjoyed art. I wouldn't necessarily say that I spent a lot of time creating art or focusing on it, and even through high school, I didn't take a single art class. Really? Okay. So, yeah, I don't have a huge background early on in art. Yeah. It's so interesting because some people, um, you know, I've interviewed quite a few artists and sometimes they're like, yeah, like right, you know, right out the gate. Like I was always really into art and, you know, I was doing these things and, and I just, you know, poured all my time into that. But um, it's just fascinating to me that people can kind of take it, you know, some people, and then some people like they didn't really get into art until they retired. Right. Um, so yeah. Just get this whole spectrum of artists. It seems like there's a lot of people on the island or Stanwood that, say that they had a whole other career and then you know later on they retired and then became a professional artist so yeah yeah very cool so um what had led you to uh go to the u of i uh for architecture then um in high school i took all the drafting classes so i had drafting and design and i really liked my um drafting teacher so And I, I've always been intrigued by architecture and um, found it very interesting. So, you know, I still do. Um, I just found it to be um, a little tough as far as the school. So. Yeah. 
Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I um, So I went to the sister's university of that. I went to uh, Wazoo. Oh, okay. Wazoo. Um, so it was always funny because we would, you know, when we, a lot of our grocery shopping stuff, we would go over in Moscow. Yeah, right. And do the shopping there. So we pass that all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's always... Um, I'm always like, we kind of went there. Not really, but kind of. Yeah, right. So, I love Moscow, though. Like, yeah. such a great little town. Yeah. Um, town. So, it actually feels very much like uh, Mount Vernon, like mm-hmm. in Skagit. Definitely farm community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, awesome. So then when you switched um, from architecture to fine art, um, especially since you hadn't really had a whole lot of, uh, I mean, you had art exposure, but hadn't been something you'd really focus on in high school. What kind of made you think that, or what made you kind of make that switch then? From architecture to art? Yeah. Um, I realized how much I was enjoying the art classes because the, the architecture program had art classes in, built into the curriculum. So okay. I was already taking some of the art classes there. And um, it was great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. But then the more art classes I took, the more I thought, uh, I don't really see myself doing that or knowing how to launch myself as an as a fine artist at that age. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So during those art classes then, was there a certain either type of art or style of art that really drew your attention? Not particularly. I wouldn't say that that background necessarily um, gave me a great deal of focus for where I am now, okay. I think more so just developing as a person and having all the experiences I've had from from then until now has been more of a guiding force than that original exposure to art. Okay, nice. So then um, you mentioned like your, your, your thought process of kind of going through, you know, graduating at 20 or 21 and then realizing, wait, I'm going to have an art degree. Like, how am I going to jump into, you know, get a job right away? Um, did you have business background, like in your family or anything like that? Um, I don't, not really. My dad worked for himself and my grandparents kind of did their own thing and had their own businesses. And so I would say I came from... A, an environment where work ethic was very important, but mm-hmm. um, nothing specific as far as small business. Okay. Nice. So then when you switched over to business, what was that like for you? Because that's a pretty big change from going from fine art into business. What was that like as you started doing those classes and stuff? I, um, I really enjoyed the business classes. In there, I also took a year off of school. So Basically, when I finished up with art at University of Idaho, then I took a year off. I was kind of broke. I didn't really have a lot of focus. Yeah. So I dropped out of school for a year, um, worked at Walmart, (laughs) just Mm -hmm. did nothing. And then I was like, this is ridiculous. Let's get something going here. So... I moved back to Oregon and started back in the College of Business at Oregon State University. And that's when I really got serious about finishing my degree. So, okay. um, and those classes were, were awesome. I really enjoyed them. And especially the marketing department. Um, one particular class was service marketing and it was uh, really diving deep into 
relationships and relationship building and how um, a business like Les Schwab um, or something like real estate or something like running your own fine art business would be something that requires a lot of uh, relationship building mm-hmm. and relationship skills in order to maintain your customer base. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. So then um, as you were finishing up your degree there, what was your kind of plan looking forward then? I'm not sure I had a plan. <laughs> but back to the whole 20-year-old, know nothing, don't know what I'm doing deal. Um, I'd say I was didn't have a lot of experience in, in working with people or feeling comfortable with things like job interviews or speaking in front of people. Uh, so I, I guess I just thought at the time that if I graduated with a degree in business that I'd get a job <laughs> and that would be all I would need was that diploma to go get a job. So yeah, if I was to give a give a high school kid advice I'd say it's definitely more than just the degree you've got to have the full picture and um, develop a plan for what you really want to be doing yeah so what what did you end up doing then what kind of played out after you graduated after I graduated I worked a number of different jobs Uh, I worked at a bank and then I worked in the marketing department at a retirement community selling retirement apartments. Okay. Um, then, I, I mean, I had a few different jobs. Nothing was really super exciting. Uh, then 9-11 happened, and uh, my husband was deployed to Iraq. So okay. that shifted things for me definitely in there, yeah. too. What was that like for you guys then? Um, it was it was okay um he was gone for a year so i actually just didn't work and i started making art okay so that was something that i i guess relied on during that time to get me through and so i when i speak of it it's um what i would consider bk and it means before kids i did um (laughs) Like they that. were actually um, fabric collage. And so it was pieces of fabric um, glued onto a piece of cotton, and then I would quilt the whole thing. So it was, a, it was an art quilt. Okay. And I did that for a few years, and then um, my husband came back, and we, he uh, decided to become a pilot, or aviator and get his degree in um, aeronautics. So we moved to North Dakota. So, okay. And in there, I also became pregnant and started my life as a mom. So that's where I've been for the last 15 (laughs) years. So when you started doing the quilting and stuff, were you starting to sell those or were you just making them for yourself? I didn't do a whole lot with it. I, I did a couple shows and I don't think I sold anything. I just, it just was something that I enjoyed doing. Um, it was going well 
the drawback was there's not a huge market for, or at least I didn't think at the time there was a huge market for fiber arts and um, as far as how to display them because yeah. they're fabric, <clears throat> yep. it makes it a little bit trickier. So yeah, I, I didn't really see that there was a big market for it. Yeah. And then I've always been interested in collage, so I have always had it in the back of my mind that I wanted to think about collage, but okay. I didn't discover the medium that I'm working on now until 2017. Okay. And so at that point was basically where the transition happened that I was homeschooling my kids and I um, just really got burnt out with it. Yeah. I, I had been doing it for four or five years and my oldest is, you know, a typical oldest child and yeah. <laughs> we were just ready to be moving on to something else. So uh, we were living in Marysville and I, uh, we decided to move to get a better school district. So that's when we moved to Camino. Yeah. Yeah, uh, homeschooling is not for the faint of heart. Right. Uh, it is, an and, and like, it's funny because during that time period, you know, you're you're homeschooling people like, oh, so you're, you know, what, you're just teaching your kids at home? Okay. Right. Like, and then we have the pandemic and everyone had to homeschool. And the amount of, like, professional moms that, like, in the business world are, like, on top of it, do you know, all of a sudden had to homeschool at home and had a whole new level of respect for all of the stay-at-home moms out there. Yeah, right. That's that's for sure true. So, yeah, totally get that. So um, so then you guys were looking around. What was it that you guys heard of as far as, like, about the school systems in this area? Um, I We were thinking Arlington or Stanwood because we were just down in Marysville. Mm-hmm. Um, we just heard that both Arlington and Stanwood had... A good district. Okay. So we were looking in Stanwood, but um, kind of, yeah, Camino kept calling us out. So that's that's what worked out for nice. us. Nice. Very cool. So um, how did you get introduced to the style of art that you're doing currently then? You said in 2017 is when you kind of got started on that. How did that come about? I just did a Google search for colorful collage, and I came across a lady who was holding a workshop in Squim um, in the fall, and um, I, I said, I got to take this class. This is really cool. So I basically learned her process and then have just grown with it and um, modified it a little bit, but plugged it into what I'm doing. And um, I'd say that I, I use a lot of natural elements in the work that I do. Yeah. My work is primarily inspired by nature. So I've been, I'm, you know, a Pacific Northwest kid and um, have been backpacking and hiking and camping since I was, well, could walk, yep. <laughs> you know, but carrying my own pack since I was five. So uh, nice. just always kind of the, the person who's, taking a closer look and really inspired by the natural world and allowing it to, uh, you know, just taking the time to look closely and, and, um, 
allowing that to, to inspire the art artwork that I do. Yeah. So, um, so for the listeners stuff, what style of painting do you use? So I suppose it's probably easier just to do a quick walkthrough of the process. Yeah. The, it's, it's not an actual painting. It's a paper painting. And I start by painting uh, an acrylic painting on a panel. And then the second part of the process is that I make my own paper, which means I basically print paper and saturate it with acrylics so that it's completely um, colored. And then I take the paper and rip it up and apply it like a brush stroke to the piece. Mm-hmm. So I use a, a gel medium to apply it. It's a thick glue. And then I just keep working it up until I'm satisfied with the uh, end result. Yeah. So how does the acrylic and the paper interact when you're soaking it? Um, it just makes the paper so that it's um, it will last for decades. Okay. And, uh, you know, that was one thing that I had always thought about collage was that it's kind of boring and gray and magazine clippings and all that. So now that I've found this process, which means that you can have the vibrancy of a painting, uh, but then you've added the texture from the printing process. Yeah. So. Very cool. Yeah. And so, um, have you played around with trying it with like water paint, watercolor or oil painting? And have you ever played around with that to see what it does to the paper? Um, the trouble with oil is that it takes a long time to, to dry. Okay. And I'm not sure. I suppose you could probably use watercolor. Uh, it, I doubt if it would work on the silicone p- printing plate. Oh, okay. Uh, you can use alcohol ink on that. Uh, but I... So that's part of the, the process is that I use a silicone printing plate and acrylics seems to work well on there. Okay. So, yeah. Nice. And had you ever seen anyone doing this with paper before, like soaking it in acrylic paint? Um, no, not before this okay. course that I took. Yeah. Very cool. It's a fairly unique process. Yeah. So, so you guys move over here. You finally get your kids into school then. Um, what kind of happens next? Well, what happens next is a pandemic hits. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I've always said I'm mom first, so I did the right thing for my kids, and I pulled them out of school. Um, in Well, kind of school ended anyways right about the time. I pulled them out, like, right before they sent everybody home. Yeah. And then I just pulled them out, and we homeschooled for the rest of 2020. Okay. And then we all tried to go back and do remote in the fall, but um, I've my middle daughter's dyslexic and okay. my youngest was in second grade. And so they're, they weren't really loving the remote work. My yeah. oldest did fine. So I pulled them back out of school and we homeschooled for the rest of, yeah, the rest of that year, which would have been 20... 2021. 20, yeah. So, and as far as the art career, um, I had just kind of decided, first of all, I didn't have a lot of time uh, yeah. because I was homeschooling. And second, 
what's the point of trying to enter shows during a pandemic? Right. Because it's hard as it is, and then traffic's probably down, and it just didn't seem like it was a, a very worthwhile thing to try to do. So I prim- primarily devoted my time to just being in the studio. Okay. And my kids are old enough that I was able to just say, I'm going to, I'm going to be in the studio for two or three hours a day. And I think that's really worked out for me because it meant that the quality of my work improved quite a bit in the last couple of years. Yeah. So it's been fun to see, um, how I've grown artistically and then be able to have this big launch with the studio tour. Yeah. People came to my home and they were like, wow, what, what have you done before this? And I said, well, nothing. <laughs> there was a pandemic. I've been homeschooling my kids. They're like, well, how long have you been doing this? Well, just a few years, really. This is like my first launch. And they are like, oh, wow, this is your first, really, my first major thing. Yeah. I've been in a few other galleries, so. Very cool. So, um, as you were, like, you're starting to learn this, this stuff and you had that one class has everything else that you kind of been learning are there other mentors or stuff along the way that do this type of art or is really that first class really the only people that you really found that do it yeah I I get quite a few questions about my background and um, you know my time in art school and and primarily I guess the process itself is what I needed to know everything else is just Um, practice and experimenting and playing and staying open and growing yeah and I don't I don't know that's that's pretty much it Um, making sure I have a good composition and and I'm learning as I go I guess that's that's primarily what it is is just getting in the studio and working yeah yeah so how do you feel um because this is, this is one of those, uh, you know, a lot of times there's, you'll have, even within a business or whatever it is, you have certain strengths that you're great, you're good at, and then there's things that you're weak at. Um, how do you feel like the business degree kind of helped you along that as well? Um, I've told several people that I feel like every aspect of my life has all been leading up to this. Mm-hmm. And that seems strange to say, but it, it does feel true um it it is a business and it's something that you have to dedicate time and energy to um because you can't just sit sit in a studio and make art all day there's you have to be out there and finding ways to show your work and uh continue to promote promote yourself in the community uh so all the business side's been a great uh, great help there. Um, you know, I have learned how to do a lot of things as well. Uh, yeah. Write press releases and update my website and uh, do all sorts of uh, digital things that I didn't really want to do, but I learned. <laughs> yeah. I'm more of an analog person, but um, I'm slowly <laughs> growing and I'm definitely feeling like my business skills are improving all the time. Yeah. Yeah. How was that for you? Um, Because one of the things I think with art that's so, uh, for artists is so interesting is that um, 
like when it comes to if you're a product-based business, you're you're creating a product or you're getting a product and you're selling that. And for that, like if someone insults it or something's like, well, that, like for us, like we've got a bakery. If someone's like, well, I really don't like this croissant or this cookie or whatever, it's like, okay, fine, it's not your cup of tea, that's fine. But like when it's your art, it's a different level because you, in order for art to be great, you have to pour yourself into that. How was that for you being very new at all of this, getting yourself out there, marketing yourself? How did you kind of get past all of those barriers? Well, this kind of goes back to being 20 and not feeling like I was set up to be uh, launching as a fine artist. I think at at 20, I didn't have uh, confidence or thick enough skin to be in the art world. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now that I'm I always say to my kids, well, I'm halfway to dead, so <laughs> now's the time to do whatever, you know, like, um, I, at, at my age, I just, I can take it, I can take any criticism, though I haven't really received any, so that's, that's great. Yeah. I've had nothing but really great feedback and support. Yeah. So. Nice. Yeah. So then you've, um... When did you first link up with the uh, Kamino Art Group? I forget its name. Kamino... Kamino Arts Association. That one. Yes. When did Um, you first get connected with them? Yeah, let's think about that. I believe 2019, spring of 2019. Oh, wow. Okay. And I actually juried for the 2020 tour, and I did not make it into the 2020 tour and I was really disappointed in the fall but by the time the pandemic hit I was like well dodged a bullet there yeah (laughs) so I didn't even bother jurying for the 2021 tour okay because I already knew I was going to have kids home and I didn't know what it would all look like so yeah I skipped over that okay and like I said I put my focus into being in the studio Mm -hmm. so then this last fall, I decided to jury since the kids were back in school this year. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So then um, when you're going back to that, um, sometimes you can get that feeling of just like, well, I've tried this already and it didn't work before. What were kind of your feelings when you were like, okay, I'm going to try this again. It's been a couple of years. You've, uh, you've grown a lot. But what did you feel like when that I happened? was surprised I didn't make it the first time. Okay. But um, I... I felt confident in my ability to be juried in, and I had a different um, a different collection of work to show, so I felt good about that. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. So then, uh, tell us about how did you end up becoming the uh, featured artist on this Camino Studio Art Guide? Um, every year, uh, they ask for submissions to be on the cover, so I submitted. Uh, three pieces and um they chose and gave me a call and mary simmons called and said well you've been selected for the cover and i said oh nice and i said so who else is going to be on the cover and she says nobody just you and i was like what (laughs) wow what was that like for you yeah that was a great a great feeling and uh she called me at christmas time so i said that was my christmas gift nice yeah that's so cool so then, um, then as you're getting prepped and everything, um, how did this studio art tour go for you? Finally getting to be on it and 
being part of it. Yeah. Um, well, the first day I was completely exhausted. Um, just a lot of energy going into talking with people and being on my feet all day. I think after being through the pandemic, we're just all maybe not quite used to being out there talking to everybody all the time. (laughs) But the big takeaway was just the extremely positive feedback that I received from people. People were just coming in and, you know, I was getting, wow, and oh my gosh, this is so happy and what beautiful colors and all these comments. And even this one group of ladies were so caught up in in taking in my gallery of work that they couldn't hear me talking to them like I was standing (laughs) behind them trying to say something and they were they were like oh Pam did you look at that wow yeah so that was like I almost teared up because I was just so blown away by the reception from uh, the people who come on the tour and it just made me realize Um, how the Camino Arts Association has really ended up with a group of people who are just super loyal uh, fans of the arts and what a great uh, what a great thing that is and how wonderful to have a group of people who appreciate the arts as much as they do yeah 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 that's very cool congratulations that's that's a huge achievement to be able to you know of how many studios that are on the tour and um, to be able to do that, especially in such a short time. Thank you so much. Yeah. Very cool. So, um, what are other things that you would like the audience to know when it comes to arts and stuff like that? Well, um, I guess a couple of things that I'd mention is that, um, that art is a business and, uh, that people should appreciate the fact that if an artist is working they're they're trying to also run a small business. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you're supporting an artist, uh, remember that you're supporting uh, that business. And so it's any like any other small business in, in this area where uh, the person's just trying to continue to do the things that they love to do. And uh, so when you can support them and um, share their work and... Uh, purchase their work then that just goes to support that small business yeah so that's one thing and then another thing that I'd like to just throw out there is um, is that I'm trying to kind of shift the the concept that um, the arts are a tricky thing to to try to make it in and that um you know that you don't have to be a starving artist Mm -hmm. and work work for decades to break into the scene yeah that the arts is um that you can make your own way in the arts and it's it takes focus hard work determination creativity um but that you shouldn't rely on you know being discovered or um you know, a gallery finding you or any of those things that this is actually a business that you're running. And so it takes skills and uh, community and support to uh, bring that all together. So it it is a great place to run a small business on Camino and especially 
an art business, uh, it's an outstanding place to to be doing that. It's yeah. a very supportive community. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that is, um, yeah, I think that, I mean, it's remarkable what you've accomplished in such a short amount of time yeah, uh, when it comes you. to the arts. And, um, you know, you, you mentioned some stuff along the way that I wanted to pull out of is you mentioned that as your kids were homeschooling home, you took your time and said, I'm going to go spend a few hours in the studio. And you did that day in and day out. And during that time period, you just were getting better and honing your arts. Instead of sitting there on the couch and watching Netflix or, or you know, doing whatever you, other people do, it, it always comes back to you have to put in the work right. to get to the result that you want to get to. Yeah. Uh, it doesn't just happen overnight. It doesn't happen because you had a one win. You know, for, for the one in a billion people that there's a windfall and they just happen to be in the right place at the right time, most of the other people were working really hard to get to that one point and happened to be there because they had worked so hard to get to that point that they got discovered. Right. And, and so I'll post things on Facebook like, hey, you know, I'm, I've got flags up in Stanwood or um, I'm on the cover or whatever uh, types of things are happening um, for my small business. And people say, wow, what luck. And I kind of laugh because it's like, well, it was lucky that they chose me, I guess, except that I've worked hard to um, produce the art that I've I've made. And I made a point of being diligent to uh, work on the business side and apply for different things. And, um, you know, I do spend a couple hours every day just working on the business side of, of this business. So yeah. that's how I start my mornings. Yeah. working on the business side. So, yep. yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's that's very important for people to see that and, and realize that. It's like the, whenever people are like, well, it was an overnight success. Like, yeah, except for the seven years leading up to the overnight success. But yes. Exactly. Yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, very cool. So, you've, you've kind of established this art form that is very unique and stuff. Are there other types that you're looking into that you're kind of wanting to pursue as well? Um, there is nothing else I want to pursue um, other than I'll continue to produce new collections with a little bit of a different uh, slant. I suspect that um, everyone can expect to see a lot more florals from me. Mm -hmm. um, it will continue to be collage. I've had people ask, well, I, I don't get it. Your paintings are really cool. What's wrong with just leaving this as a painting? But... Um, when you love every aspect of, of producing the work and it makes it more unique and more of a story uh, and more texture and more detail, then, then why not? Why not do it, right? So yeah. then the, I guess the other thing I could throw in there is that I could see um, sometime down the road working on abstract work as well. So okay. I'll probably not... I'll probably not give up on any florals and I, I don't think I'll necessarily give up on the landscapes, but I might add in, um, abstract work. Yeah. Very cool. So when it comes to, um, like either other artists or things that people that you follow, is there anyone else out there at this point that you kind of look to, whether you're like looking for inspiration or looking for where to continue to grow in? Um, I think as far as work and art, there's a lot of artists that I really love their work. Um, 
there's another artist in um, in McMinnville, Oregon, named Erin Hansen, and I follow her work more so. Well, her her art is gorgeous, but she also clearly knows how to run a business because she's highly successful and has you know has two galleries and all sorts of stuff going on and I look back at her history and I don't see uh, a lot of gallery exposure or the traditional way of of necessarily doing things so I think um, that from that and, and just from experience I would say that I'll continue to do things my way and um, you know run run it like a business knowing what uh, what I think is going to work best for me yeah 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 very cool all right well I like to end every podcast with some rapid fire questions okay so the first one is what purchase of a hundred dollars or less have you enjoyed the most in the last three months um, my family bought me a peony bush for okay. Mother's Day. So I'm Very looking cool. forward to seeing how that looks and how big it gets in my yard. Nice. All right. Um, who is the most influential person outside of your family in your life? Um, off the top of my head, I think like somebody like Oprah Winfrey, just because of her positivity and the way she's influenced a whole generation of people to just be mindful and um, positive and never stop growing. Yeah. Yeah. All right. This is a fill in the blank question. Okay. I know this is weird, but I've always wanted to blank. Well, my husband and I were just talking about this the other day and we, he wants to do all these crazy things like sail across the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. I'm a little more of a land lover, and <laughs> I really don't have any desire to do some of the things that he maybe wants to do. Yeah. I think mine will just be to continue to do every day what I really love to do and um, be in nature and produce art. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing really crazy other than travel more, but yeah, that's pretty standard. Yeah. All right. Uh, who's an interesting or fascinating person that I should interview next? Have you interviewed Val Paul Taylor? No. He's got so many great stories. Awesome. Yeah. He's kind of my art art father. I It's like the godfather of yes. art for me. Like my art father. So. Okay. <laughs> Very cool. All right. And lastly, what piece of advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Um, I guess to lighten up and go easier on myself, stop judging myself or Mm -hmm. giving myself a hard time for everything. Yeah. Which is probably still something I could give myself (laughs) for advice. Very cool. So I'll put links to this in the show notes, but where can people find you? Um, People can find me on Facebook and Instagram and also my website, TashaSmithArt.com. All right. Awesome. And like I said, we'll have uh, links for all of that in the show notes. So be sure to follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, thank you so much for joining me hey, on the yeah. podcast today. Great. Thanks so much for having me, Brandon. All right. And Islanders, I will talk to you on the next one. 
Well, a big thank you to Tasha Smith for joining me on the podcast today. And thank you for listening. If you aren't already, be sure to follow me on uh, on Instagram at the Kamena Voice as I continue to try and remember to post on this. Um, I'm trying to do better. But for more information on this episode, you can go to KamenoCommons.com slash podcast. Thanks for listening and see you next time.